0: This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and SiriusXM Channel 371.
1: Dana, we did it. We made it to 9 o'clock Eastern without revealing the ACC Baseball Awards. So, I think we are secure in our employment, at least for now.
2: I think they'll ask us back.
1: I hope. I hope. Let's see. Let's get right into it, though, because we got to talk with the Player of the Year and about... Five to ten minutes. So let's rip through these awards. We're announcing the ACC Baseball Awards for the 2022 season. And let's begin with the pitcher of the year. We start on the mound and we start in Winston-Salem with Rhett Lauder, the sophomore starter for the Demon Deacons. 2-4-5 ERA this year. Second best in the ACC. Ten wins tied for tops in the league. He goes 10-3 and three in 14 appearances. 88 innings and 94 strikeouts. Almost 10 Punch-outs, a game, 9.6, third best in the league. <laughs> Rhett Lauder is your ACC Pitcher of the Year. Congratulations to the sophomore out of Winston-Salem.
2: Love to see it. So Defensive Player of the Year, Defenseman's National Championships, riding high on the defender. So we've got Levi Usher, Louisville senior. He's an outfielder, fielding percentage off the chart, Putouts 111. He leads the ACC in stolen bases with 33 Congratulations, Levi Usher, out of Louisville. I always say Louisville, but I'm going to be a homer and say Louisville.
1: (laughs) Making the folks in the Derby City happy. You saw that home run robbery a few weeks ago. That went viral. These are my confessions. Levi Usher is the Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC. Let's move on to Freshman of the Year, and I think this one was a stone-cold conclusion about two weeks into the season. It is the one, the only Tommy Tanks, freshman out of NC State, 23 bombs this year, third most in the ACC. Most of any freshman in the country this year. He broke the ACC freshman home run record, which was set by Chris Diaz two and a half decades ago in 1998. He's a semifinalist for the Dick Hauser Trophy. He's hitting 367. He's slugging 744. Here's a guy who was not just a meme, but a guy who can back it up on the diamond. He's your freshman of the year, and that was an easy one.
2: He is a tank. He has a great nickname.
1: Towering Tommy Towers. We love him. He's the freshman of the year.
2: I love it. I love it. All right, Coach of the Year, John Sheff, Virginia Tech. His fifth season at Virginia Tech. He came from Maryland. The Hokies, they claim their first ever ACC Coastal Division title on Saturday after sweeping Duke. They're in the top seed in the upcoming ACC tournament in Charlotte. That's going to happen this week. And the Hokies, they finished the top of the division standings with a 19-9 record. It's mostly victories in a single season and won 9 of 10 series against conference foes, currently leading the ACC in slugging percentage and doubles. Congratulations, John Chef, Virginia Tech, the Hokies.
1: What a season for Virginia Tech. Like you said, Dana, top seed in Charlotte this week. He's going to join us later in the show. So will the ACC Player of the Year, Max wagner the sophomore third baseman for clemson we talked about his power earlier on in the show it was hard not to reveal what we knew he's the acc player of the year 26 taters in 56 games leads the league in home runs second nationally this was a great home run race throughout the season wagner is your player of the year he's the 14th tiger to be the acc player of the year next most in the acc is florida state with eight so max wagner congratulations to the clemson sophomore He will join us right after this break. Let's rip through the All-ACC first, second, and third teams, starting with that first team, and it's highlighted by the player of the year, Max Wagner. Kevin Perata is the guy he beat out for that home run title. Georgia Tech catcher also makes it. Three Yellow Jackets on the All-ACC first team. These are the hitters. And how about the Commonwealth of Virginia? Two Hoos, three Hokies make the All-ACC first team. Jack Hurley, I know, is the guy who's joined us on Packer and Durham this year. Phenomenal season for him out of Blacksburg. Let's check out the pitchers on that All-ACC First team. Parker Messick, the sophomore out of FSU. I know there are some folks in Tallahassee thinking maybe he should have won Pitcher of the Year. He makes All-ACC First team. He's a strikeout machine. Rhett Lauder, the sophomore from Wake Forest, the ACC Pitcher of the Year, also highlights that All-ACC First team. All-ACC second team here. You see they do allow ties, so we've got 17 members of this all-ACC second team. Good to see Boston College represented here. It's been a tough year record-wise for the Eagles, but Luke Gold, the junior second baseman, makes it. All-ACC second team hitters on your screen right now. The pitchers as well. Five pitchers make the second team. FSU represented, a couple of Louisville hurlers, Pittsburgh and Virginia make the all ACC second team as the regular season is in the books and we head to the ACC tournament this week in Charlotte let's go to the third team all ACC hitters that Clemson infield you got the player of the year and Max Wagner Blake Wright at second base also makes it a lot of cardinal representation Louisville the champions of the Atlantic division they've got four players on this third team from a hitting perspective Let's flip it over to the All-ACC third team for the pitchers. Bunch of names here as you see the hitters end up here on the All-ACC third team. A lot of names to get to, so we split it up on a couple of different graphics. Let's go to the pitchers next for the All-ACC third team. Again, you'll see some Clemson Tiger representation. You'll see some NC State. Good year for the Wolfpack, team that could have won the College World Series last year as they head into the NCAA tournament after the ACC tournament this week. Here's your all-ACC top three teams for 2022. Before we get out of here, let's show you the all-freshman team. Alex Mooney of Duke highlights it. See a lot of great names, a lot of bright futures in the ACC. It's your all-freshman team for the 2022 baseball season. Tommy White, NC State designated hitter, is your freshman of the year in the league this year. Player of the year is Max Wagner. He is going to join us here on Packer and Durham. What a season. For Max Wagner and the Clemson Tigers. And when we come back, not only is Max Wagner going to join the show, but John Sheff, the coach of the year from Virginia Tech. We're talking with the player of the year and the coach of the year in the ACC next.
0: The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast.
1: Back here on Packer and Durham, it is a big Monday morning. We just revealed the all-ACC baseball first, second, third, and freshman teams, plus the ACC awards for the 2022 season. Drew Carter, Dana Boyle, not wearing our red carpet attire, but we are playing the role (laughs) of MC this morning as we announce the ACC awards. And let's say hello to the ACC player of the year now. Max Wagner joins us from Clemson. Sophomore third baseman is the ACC player of the year and the 14th Tiger to do it most in the ACC by a country mile. Max, good morning. Congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Did you just find out about this award?
3: Yeah, morning. Um, Yeah, we uh, just have a practice early this morning before we head off to Charlotte, and uh, coach just broke the news to the entire team of all the guys that made all ACC. And so, yeah, I just figured it out um, that I was player of the year and pretty much ran up here to uh, talk to you guys.
2: What do you attribute that to? You're obviously a stud. You can slug it out. But what do you think caused that player of the year sort of mentality?
3: Um, Just all the hard work and dedication um, I've been able to put in pretty much ever since I was a kid, Um, just working with my dad a lot. Uh, But really, um, just the support of my uh, coaching staff and my teammates. Uh, They really helped me be the player I am um, uh, this year. And uh, yeah.
1: Well, Max, I mean, the, the hard work you've put in is evident. I'm going to read you some numbers here. Last year as a freshman, your slash line was 214, 305, 345. This year I've got you at 382, 508, 880, and you're the ACC player of the year. How how did you do that? How did you take such a big leap from freshman to sophomore year?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. Uh, just determination, um, I guess, and just a lot of hard work I put in over the offseason because I knew uh, – I knew I can compete at this level. Um, I wasn't able to do that like I wanted to last year, so I knew uh, that just with the hard work I was able to put in, um, just strength training, baseball-wise, I was able to have a really good year this year and uh, just mentally being able uh, to be that consistent player I've always wanted to be.
2: I got to ask, because I recently just became a baseball fan in the ACC, so what's the easiest park in the ACC to go yard in?
3: Uh, I mean, ours, ours is definitely not hard uh, to go yard in, um, so i I probably put uh, Doug Kingsmore Stadium up top there, uh, Wake Forest, even though I had uh, one home run that weekend. <clears throat> um, it's uh, kind of got a short porch and left and right, but center field is really deep, so I'd say those are probably the, the two parks that I felt like I guess were a little bit shorter than the others.
1: Max, I'm going to read you some names here, other guys to win ACC Player of the Year. Jason Veritek, Brian Roberts, Mark Teixeira, Brian Braun, Buster Posey. What's it like to hear your name among that kind of royalty?
3: Um, It's it's awesome. Uh, Just uh, all glory to God, really. Um, And just, uh, like I said before, all the hard work I've been able to put in uh, allowed me to be in this position. Um, But it just means the world to me um that I'm able to be recognized with those all-star names um and hopefully it can continue
2: so I gotta ask what made you choose Clemson
3: yeah uh so my dad's boss um at the time up in uh Green Bay where I'm from uh he was a pitcher here at Clemson his name was Jason Birkin um he's uh he knows Bradley LaCroix, our assistant coach here, um, and I pretty much told him that Clemson was my dream school um, in high school, and we were able to work something out, and pretty much right when I got the, uh, the call from him, I knew I was going to come here. Uh, just the whole family concept that Clemson has to offer and all the really good athletic teams that they have here, um, I really couldn't say no, uh, so that was, it was really a dream situation for me.
2: It's a little bit warmer well, Max, you right mentioned your Clemson you're, you're... than it is in Green Bay.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, growing up in Green Bay and then obviously coming down uh, to play at Clemson in ACC is definitely a different journey, <clears throat> um, but it's, uh, like I said, all the hard work I was able to put in, you know, dealing with snow all the time up in Green Bay, it's definitely <laughs> difficult to, uh, to play baseball, um, but it's just you just got to make time for yourself and that's just the determination and dedication you got to have for the sport of baseball to be uh, a a really good player
1: well that's what i wanted to ask you about max is going from green bay to clemson south carolina like what's been the biggest adjustment not from a baseball perspective necessarily but just from a life perspective like do you miss culvers you miss being able to go to lambeau field like what do you miss most and what's been most different
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, Culver's, yeah, I definitely missed that place. Uh, it's right across the street from my house, so that was pretty much uh every-week place to go to eat. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess the biggest um, thing I had to adapt to was just, like, the overall pitching that I see in the ACC. Um, going from Wisconsin High School Baseball to ACC, there's a drastic difference in um, pitching, going from 82-miles-an-hour fastballs to pretty much 90 and up um, here in college, uh, just being able to adapt to that velo. Um, like you said, with Lambeau, uh, when I go home for uh, Christmas break, whenever they're home, um, I'm, I'm going to be there. Um, got season tickets. So uh, I was there for two games last year. So I just love going to Packer games at Lambeau when it's like zero degrees. There's nothing better, but uh, but Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, I have recently discovered Culver's, and I'm obsessed with that. I grew up in the Northeast, so we didn't have Culver's. I love the cheese curds. Do you have a go-to yep. menu item that you get when you go? What is it?
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had to say the, uh, the bacon butter burger um, with some nice cheese curds for the side. Uh, that's, pr- that's pretty much the go-to. Um, but it's always, every time I go, it's always order cheese curds because they're, you can't you can't get enough cheese curds when you're when you're from Wisconsin.
1: And we've got to work in a concrete mixer as well. Maybe that's the key. Uh, your freshman to sophomore success <laughs> is maybe losing the culvers from the uh, from the from the daily regimen, Max. And before we let you go, we ask every player who's coming on for the first time about their toughest class. So you go from Green Bay to Clemson. What has been your hardest class at Clemson?
3: Um, I would have to say uh, Spanish. I'm in a sports communications major, um, so I had to deal with uh, a different language other than English, um, and I had to take Spanish, and it was brutal, but I was able to overcome it.
1: Hey, we know how difficult that can be. I think everyone has to take Spanish at some point in their lives. So, Max, you did it, and uh, you're speaking the language of home runs this year with 26 bombs. (laughs) ACC Player of the Year, Max Wagner. Congratulations, man. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, so Max Wagner, Clemson's ACC Player of the Year, says goodbye, and now we say hello to the ACC coach of the year John chef joining us from Blacksburg coach congratulations amazing season for your hokies now you add some hardware to the trophy case how's it feel to be ACC coach of the year
4: well it feels good I can tell you um, I'm just thankful that 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 I'm surrounded by so many good people in our program you know from our coaching staff we obviously have great players here i think and and they've put together a tremendous season. Um, and it's just, it's just a fun group to be around day to day. You, you don't really know who's going to be the guy that's going to contribute next um, and, and kind of bring us to have a good day. It's, it's, it seems like it's, it's a different guy or a different couple guys every, every other day. And I think they're obviously well prepared by our coaching staff. And um, we just feel really good about it.
2: Coach, you've won 30 of your last 35 games. Do you think momentum in baseball is bigger than maybe some other sports?
4: Uh, it, it could be. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think a lot of momentum is created by having really good players and really good pitchers. Um, I, the one thing I, I think about our guys, you know, I think they're very consistent. I think they show up. Uh, day-to-day, and, and I don't think they, they put a lot of stock into what happened yesterday. So, yeah, I think, I think uh, momentum can help, but I really think in this game it's about how good are your players, how well are they prepared, and, um, and, and how, what, what kind of starts are you getting from your next-day starter.
1: Well, John, I like what you say there about you guys don't put a lot of stock into what happened yesterday. You guys are getting a lot of love right now. I mean, you're here on Packer and Durham, You're ACC coach of the year. Like Dana said, you're red hot, 30 of your last 35. You're the one seed in the ACC tournament this week in Charlotte. How do you balance celebrating what's been an amazing year already versus looking forward to what's next, ACC tournament, NCAA tournament?
4: Well, I think we've just tried to take it. We really have tried not to get too too far ahead of anything. Uh, It's always just been about the next inning of the next game. And that's kind of how we've treated it. Uh, I, I, I thought it was interesting for me, our guys on Saturday when we won the ACC and we, we won that Saturday game against Duke. You know, I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I thought there might be like a really huge celebration on the field and a dog and all that kind of stuff. And, and it really wasn't that way. You know, they, they, they were pretty businesslike about the whole thing. I mean, obviously they're happy as we all were. But it wasn't like you had guys jumping all over each other and hooting and howling, and and um, you know for for an hour or so. I, I think they were very happy, as we all were. But it was like, all right, we're gonna save maybe a bigger celebration for a bigger thing that's ahead of us. So that showed me an awful lot about the maturity of the group, you know, the leadership of the group. Um, you know, I think I think we can enjoy the day to day, but we're always very intrigued and very. Um, in, in a place we want to prepare for the next
2: one. You mentioned the business sort of mentality that your student-athletes have. You know, beginning of the season, you were picked to finish second to last in the preseason poll, which I know those are preseason polls for a reason, but did your team or did you use that as sort of motivation with this mature group of student-athletes? I don't, I, don't,
4: I don't think we ever talked about that. Like, we never really got into the preseason anything. Um, I mean, going back to the fall, was trying to bring a group back together. You know, during COVID, I feel like everybody got pushed apart um, for, for obvious reasons. And so we tried to create a little bit more of a plan to bring the group back together through team related type things. Um, and then, um, you know, as we got into January, it was just it was just preparation. You know, we were just trying to prepare for for UNC Asheville, the first team we were going to play. We never really got too far ahead of that. But uh, I don't. I don't believe I. I can never remember talking about preseason polls or having discussions with guys about it or using really anything for motivation. It was. I know that's kind of a real bland uh, response. But <laughs> it was. It was always just let's let's just prepare for you know having a good scrimmage on Wednesday and, and before you know it UNC Asheville will be here and they were and and we just tried to get ready for that game and it's just gone game after game weekend after weekend and. Um, But I give our guys a lot of credit. You know, they're very talented. They're very mentally strong. Uh, They've come from behind. I don't even I can't even tell you how many times. Um, And they're just very very mentally strong. Um, And I don't really think they I don't really think they care a whole lot about what other people think. Um, It's really just about the group and it's about our group and we're just going to kind of keep the, keep, keep the gas moving forward. Really. That's just, that's just the only thing we've ever really talked about.
1: It's clearly a group that has a lot of fun and loves being together. One thing you guys have become known for coach is the home run hammer. Um, and we yeah. talked about this earlier on in the show. I think, I think we can show it again. Um, that home run hammer is day to day, aren't we all? But this, uh, this hammer might be going on the 15-day IL here because somebody <laughs> cracked the hammer, and we were trying to get to the bottom of this earlier on in the show. I mean, we've got the best man to ask right now. Coach Chef, do you know who broke the hammer?
4: I, I'm really not sure who broke it. You know, we, we hit it quite a few this past weekend, and um, in the midst of one of the home run hammer swing uh celebrations it was cracked uh we have a couple of them we'll have to uh you know we'll have to send that one to Kyle Staggers our trainer and he can kind of fix it so it's ready for uh ready for Thursday (laughs) he's pretty good at fixing things (laughs) but uh it'll be it'll be ready to go on Thursday trust me
2: do you ever get on the plate and, and slug some yourself
4: I'm sorry can you say that again please I'm sorry
2: do you do you ever practice and get on the plate and uh, give the kids a run for their money in practice?
4: No, no my, my playing days are long <laughs> over. I played my last game I think in 1995, and I, I just I enjoy watching our guys play. I enjoy watching them play. I enjoy watching my sons play, and it's uh, I, I feel like I, uh, I I I know my place as far as playing goes. I just try to make good decisions and put our guys in a place where they can be successful.
1: Coach Chef not hitting any bombs with the fungo. We will uh, file that away in the notes. But uh, as you said, you're putting your guys in a place to be successful. That's where you are, number one seed in the the ACC tournament in Charlotte. What's going to be the key, you think, as you face a couple new opponents in pool play and then hopefully heading into the weekend?
4: Well, I think we'll kind of – keep doing what we've been doing as far as preparing um, guys for what the opposition is going to be. Uh, we do an awful lot of work with video and, and that sort of thing. Um, scouting reports, I don't think any of that will change. Uh, or I feel like we'll, we'll be well rested uh, having uh, four days off before we play on Thursday. Um, I think our lineup is, is as good as it's been at this point from a health perspective and an and a experience perspective. Uh, a lot of our guys on this year's team were on last year's team that 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 got to go to Charlotte and experience that it's I mean it's a very well run tournament the venue's great and uh, we just feel really good about it i mean it's it's a short drive down there for us and uh, we'll spend a few you know the next three days preparing for it and uh, we feel pretty good about where we're, where we're at going into it and and, um, and we've we've seen almost every opponent that'll be in this tournament with the exception of Clemson, which is ironically our first opponent. Uh, But uh, I mean, I, you know, I'll just stand behind our guys. Our guys are good. You know, they've been very resilient and uh, I don't expect anything different from, we'll we'll be 100% prepared for it. And uh, as we've been, I think most of the year, if not all the year, and uh, we feel pretty good about it.
2: What sort of test does Clemson provide to your team? I know you said you haven't faced them yet, but when you're scouting them, what are you looking for?
4: Well, they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're always good. They have good players. I mean, you know, you guys just interviewed the ACC Player of the Year, uh, so they're always good. Imani um, and his staff do a good job with getting those guys ready to go, and uh, I, you know, I don't—I don't anticipate them being. Anything but very good, as every other opponent in this league is, there's not one single day or inning off in this league. Everything is, is full throttle. Uh, I think if you look at all the projections and all that kind of stuff that people do around this time of the year, you know, I think you see all the uh, respect that the league gets from people outside of it. And I think that's just a test to all the really good teams and coaches and facilities and everything else in this league. And I think Monty and Clemson are just another example of it. Uh, I remember last year, we we were the 12 seed last year. And I remember going into that feeling pretty good about, you know, our chances to be successful in, in the tournament. And we, we lost two, you know, pretty close games. But, uh, you know, games in this league can go one way or another very quickly. A lot of it depends, I think, it comes down to how good the players are and how tough they are, really. Um and we'll have our hands full on Thursday and then on Friday and in every other game we play, just like we have for the last 28 games we played in the league. But, um, you know, they'll, they'll be, we'll, we'll do a lot of work on them in the next three days as far as preparation goes. And when we, uh, when we tee it up on Thursday, our guys will be ready to go. They'll know what they're facing. They'll, they'll have taken an awful long look at it on video and, and be well prepared by our staff. And we'll go out there and put our best foot forward.
1: Well, Coach Chef, congratulations. Top seed, ACC tournament, coach of the year as well. First one in Virginia Tech history. It's okay to celebrate a little bit. Go to PKs (laughs) or top of the stairs. Put the bill on Evan Hughes. Let him pick it up. And uh, good luck in Charlotte this week and the rest of the way. Thanks, Coach. Thank you.
4: Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. We've got a couple more interviews On the way, we've got Andy Aldave joining us. I mean, we did it with the ACC Baseball Awards. We made it to nine. We announced them. We talked to the player of the year and the coach of the year. And now we're talking lax again. Andy Aldave with a hattie in the quarters against Stony Brook. Her heels headed to championship weekend. She joins us next.
0: Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham.
2: And Durham, it's the kids' style, Gen Z, millennial. We've made it to the power. hour. I wasn't so sure at 5.30 when I woke up that uh, we may make it, but we made it through the baseball awards. We're talking some lacks, Drew. It's It's a good Monday.
1: It has been a great Monday here on Packer and Durham. And I think, really, we've had a lot of cool stuff on this show, Dana, but this might have been the part we're most excited for because this next guest is going to be a ton of fun.
2: Let's welcome in, makes her debut on the show, Andy Aldave. How you doing this morning?
5: Hi, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks for making the time. So you're a native of Baltimore. So is this Final Four special?
5: Yes, you could say that. Uh, I've actually never played a regular season game um, in Baltimore or in my hometown ever in my career, maybe a couple of fall ball games here with UNC, but Super excited to kind of go home, bring my team there, see all my family, friends, and hopefully put on a show for them uh, for Final Four weekend.
1: Well, Andy, you put on a show in the quarterfinals against Stony Brook. We were talking about it for a while earlier on this morning, but you guys got all you could handle from them. That was one of your closest games of the season, um, and you scored three goals yourself, a hat trick to lead your team here to championship weekend. What was the biggest challenge that Stony Brook presented?
5: Yeah, we knew they were going to give us a good fight. Um, they always do. They're a really tough and gritty team. Um, you know, I think obviously being at home, that was awesome for us, but we had a tough task at hand. Their their zone, which is what we faced within their defense, um, was known to be the number one defense all season. So we kind of had our hands full with that. And once the game started, I think it took us a little while to get settled in, but um We made a lot of in-game adjustments, and that was huge for us, kind of finding some openings. And I was lucky to be on on the opening side of that and and putting the ball on the back of the net for my team. But, um, yeah, it was a great game. Honestly, I think it was something that our team needed, a good challenge um, right before this weekend coming up.
2: You mentioned the challenge, Andy, and you guys really haven't trailed that halftime. That was only the second time. Take me inside the locker room, Coach Jenny Levy. What did she say to motivate you guys? Because you came out in the second half on fire.
5: Yeah, I think it was just playing Carolina lacrosse. I feel like I hear a lot of people say that and like whatever their team is. Um, But we knew going into the second half that we weren't, we hadn't even been close to playing our game yet. So that was something to look forward to. And then just kind of sticking with it. We have this saying this year of um, refuse to go away. And I think that's something we brought to the second half. Um, You know, every possession, it it wasn't pretty and it wasn't perfect at times. And I think sometimes I I was cringing when I was even turning the ball over, but Um, You know, I think we did exactly that. We refused to go away. And again, it wasn't a perfect game. And sometimes the win doesn't always doesn't always look as good as it feels. But I think when we walked in the locker room after that game, we were like, hey, like that was an awesome challenge. And we're going to the final four. There's there's no reason to not celebrate this win. And I think we really we really felt that and we celebrated it.
1: And y'all have been blowing the doors off pretty much everyone you played this year. Is it good maybe to play a close game? Like what are the the positives of getting a challenge like that, especially this late in the season?
5: I think so. I think this is the time to be challenged and I think when you go into NCAAs, it's, you know, teams have nothing to lose, so they're kind of going for broke, um, you know, and I think obviously we talked about, you know, being the higher seed and the expectations with that, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we're looking at it one game at a time. And I think we were challenged exactly when we needed it. Um, And I think when we keep finding ways to win, whether it's, you know, we're in a 10 goal game, we're in a five goal game, or we're in a one goal game, or we're even trailing by, you know, a goal or two at halftime, we keep digging out these wins. And I think we keep adding it to our arsenal. And I think going into Final Four weekend and championship weekend, when you have all these ways to win and you know, your toolbox is, is stuffed with things. Um, I think it can, you can be really hard to beat. So I'm super excited and I'm really glad we had that in game experience. So for those
2: of the viewers that don't know, you played your first career at Notre Dame, transferred to UNC. What has this experience been like for you now that you're in final four weekend when you didn't reach that with your Notre Dame squad?
5: Yeah, um, I was definitely thinking about that when, you know, after we won, going to Final Four for the first time in my career has definitely been a goal. And um, it's obviously a a dream when you're a little kid watching, you know, girls at this, the highest stage of um, your sport. So it's definitely really awesome. Again, I love my four years at Notre Dame and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I think coming here, one of the goals was to win a national championship with this team. And put this program where it deserves to be. And I think it's crazy looking around that this team has kind of been knocking at the door at the final four every year. And um, they haven't kind of gotten to that national championship yet. And you look at these players like Jamie Ortega and Taylor and Emma Trenchard. And you're like, for me, I'm like, you guys deserve a national championship. And I'm like, it's crazy. They don't have one yet. So if I can be a small part in kind of getting this program there and Kind of giving these guys what they what they've deserved because I've been there and I've seen them in the Final Four, like you said in Baltimore. I've been standing at the fence and I'm like, oh god, like I wanted them to win so bad. <laughs> so um, to kind of be on be on this squad is so special. So I hope we can do it this year.
1: And Andy, I mean the the program, like you mentioned, the culture is set in stone, right? So you showing up as and coming from another ACC school this year what are the challenges of trying to like blend in with a culture with so many veterans? It's already kind of set.
5: Yeah, I think it's easier said than done for sure. Um, <laughs> but I think when you have the great people that they are who welcomed our transfer group right from the start, because I think they knew, you know, we have, this is our year. And I think they accepted us right away. And, they wanted us to be on the field just as much as we did. And I think that speaks to this culture, this program, even um, Jenny and the way that, you know, she integrates um, newcomers uh, and, you know, she wants to see you perform and she wants to push you. And I think I've never been pushed as hard as I have this year, which is a good (laughs) thing for me. And I've grown my game an incredible amount. Um, And I really do have this program to thank. So honestly, my transition has been, probably easier than I ever imagined because I think people take it, people don't really realize how scary the transfer portal I think can be. But I think also when you're doing it with two other people that are transferring, um, Olivia Dirks and Sam Geisbach, uh have been awesome. And, you know, we've kind of done it together. So we've been a little family within our big family. So it's been super awesome and very special. You mentioned
2: family and I was talking with Jenny Levy a few weeks ago before your quarterfinal game, I guess that was last week, it feels like forever ago, um, and she talked about, she hosts the team for dinners, and she said she has a mean marinated chicken recipe, but she also talked about the baked potato bar, so talk about the food importance, do you like the baked potato bar?
5: (laughs) I feel like every interview I've done recently has to do with food, I'm like, okay, and we just had a huge Italian dinner last night, our team, so I'm like, everything has to do with food recently, but We go to uh, Coach Levy's house a lot, and it's awesome. She'll host us for dinners um, before some big games, and they did have a baked potato bar. Um, And it was actually funny in the group meeting, you had to like whether you wanted a regular potato or a sweet potato. (laughs) Um, I'm a sweet (laughs) potato gal, but um, it was awesome. They always have a good spread for us, and I think, again, it just speaks to the family-type culture she creates here and having people at her house to kind of hang out and you know, stay for as long as you want. And, you know, her family, her own family's there as well. So it's really awesome.
1: So you start with a sweet potato. Are we like loading it up with other stuff? What does the baked potato look like by the end of it?
5: Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't put as much on it because I was like, are you supposed to load a <laughs> sweet potato? <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> if that's supposed to be right. So um, I think I kind of, my mom always calls me like a plain Jane, so I kind of kept it plain, I would say. But when you're at like a, a barbecue, I feel like just going sweet potato with it is good, for, good enough for me.
2: <laughs> food is very important, Andy. I think it was the center of my life when I was a student athlete. And honestly, not much has changed. I've many years graduated from college. But since you're new to Chapel Hill, this is your first year. Do you have a favorite restaurant? We're going to stick with the food topic here.
5: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, this team actually has a favorite restaurant it's called Lucha Tigre Um, and the owner knows it's the men's and women's lacrosse like favorite restaurant it's kind of like Asian fusion and he's awesome Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head but every time we go there he's like the women's lacrosse team and Gets us tables, and it's, like, awesome. It's, like, again, like, the family-type the family type culture when you walk in there. They're like, you, you're on the, the team, aren't you? And it's awesome. And I've even brought my parents and some of my siblings there. So I would definitely have to say that's a good favorite of mine.
1: And being in Chapel Hill, um, you're driving around a lot, I'm sure. And I guess we could just do this now, Dana. Uh, you gave us permission to ask about this, Andy, but I've been told from sources – Dana, that uh, you struggled a little bit to pass your driver's test. Can you maybe give us the uh, background there?
5: Yes, um, <laughs> I can't believe this is on TV, but uh, I struggled <laughs> to get my, lear- <laughs> my learner's permit. Um, so not my actual driver's test, but my learner's permit. And it was like the, the screen test you have to take. Um, and I think I failed it twice. And, you know, like you, when you're going to like a DMV, your parents or my parents at the time had to take off like a full day of work to sit in the line to get the test. And I remember when I came out after the second time, my dad was like, thumbs up. Like, you got it. And I couldn't even look at him because I, I was just so embarrassed um, that I couldn't get past this multiple choice test. And he was like, you can figure out how to get there on your own next time because I will not take off another day of work to see you fail this test. But Honestly, I am a great driver. I have people to attest to that. So it was just getting past the multiple choice test, which honestly, kids out there, it's a little harder than you than it may seem. So study up, but uh, (laughs) it's really hard. It's it is
2: extremely difficult. And I will say, I will also expose myself. You're not alone in this. I am 30 years old. Took the driver's test like 100 years ago. It's not transferable. You take a test on a screen doesn't mean you're a good driver. I got in my first right. fender bender in South Bend for the ACC championship. So you are not alone. It was so embarrassing. Like I consider myself <laughs> sort of an adult and I'm like driving to Arlotta stadium and I, I, I get in a fender bender and I'm like, I'm going to get fired from ESPN. I'm not going to be able to call the games. <laughs> it was, it was a lot. So, so you're not alone. And, and Drew also, I think failed his driver's test. So we're all in the same boat. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah. While it's honesty hour, um, the third time was the charm for me. I failed it twice. And the third time I took it, I think the guy just gave it to me because he felt bad for me and really my mom. <laughs> so he was like, This poor guy, this poor mom has dragged her son to this driver's test three times now. And when he gave me the driver's license, he turned to my mom and said, Hey, keep an eye on this one. He's got a bit of a lead foot. <laughs> and fast forward three weeks, and I had totaled my first car. So
2: it happens. <laughs> oh my I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I I take the cake. I have the most embarrassing story. Yes.
2: Yes. (laughs) You you certainly do. (laughs) All right, Andy. Since you're making your debut, we always ask this question, or or Packer always asks this question: What has been your hardest class? You got to give us a class at Notre Dame and UNC.
5: Oh, okay. Notre Dame, um, probably a financial accounting class, which. I'm not the best at crunching numbers, but boy, did I know how at the end of that class. (laughs) Um, And then here, um, hmm, I don't know if it would be my hardest, but one that I worked really hard in was my econ and finance class. Actually, fun fact, taught by uh, Brad Bates. He was the old athletic director at BC. So it's been really cool to be taught by him. And he kind of knows the BC UNC lacrosse rivalry. Um, But he's a super smart guy. So he kind of expects the same out of you, which (laughs) can be hard sometimes. But um, he's also like very professional. So I would walk in and be like, okay, I need to put my professional hat on for him. Um, But yeah, definitely those two.
1: You and Professor Bates should have a little friendly wager on Carolina BC if you guys meet in the championship yeah
5: I know we should after the BC UNC regular season game that Monday morning when I walked in he was like what a game like he was watching and he, he knew that there were so many fans there and he even was like I think the BC UNC women's lacrosse rivalry is one of the best in college sports and I was like oh my god that's so cool for someone to even say so um yeah it's been really awesome to kind of get to know him and have them as a professor, as well
2: well we're really looking forward to it. We're hoping the lacrosse gods are in our favor, and they give us a Boston College UNC rematch. but looking ahead, you got to play Northwestern. Give us the scouting report on the Wildcats.
5: ooh, um, I was actually watching some our film from them uh, earlier on in the regular season, and it seems like so long ago. I think it was like early March or um, you know end of March, but I think we definitely are going to have our hands full, and I think they're playing some of their best lacrosse right now, as are we. So I think teams definitely change throughout the season, and um, new players kind of come to the forefront. So I think for us, you know, they obviously have some great players. Lauren Gilbert, um, their goalie, uh, Madison Doucette is playing some of her best lacrosse as well. So, um, you know, I think for us, it's again playing Carolina lacrosse. I think our defense winning our matchups there, and then offensively I think it's working through our sets and kind of settling in a little bit earlier than we did um against Stony Brook. And I think just being confident, I think we know, you know, we're the top seed, but I think again, just sticking to our game and our game plan and trusting each other and playing with love um is a lot what we talked about and having our heart on our sleeve is gonna be huge. And I think again, we have a tall task at hand, but I think like you said, everyone starts championship weekend zero zero. So I think we're really excited for this matchup and to see what we can do.
1: It is going to be a thrill to watch. We cannot wait for championship weekend and Andy Aldave's hometown of Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> it's Carolina and Northwestern this weekend, winner heads to the championship. Andy, good luck. Thanks for joining us.
5: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right, so we've got one last segment here on Packer and Durham. We're going to say goodbye and wrap up the first ever Gen Z slash millennial edition of the show here on ACC Network. We're talking about Fenway Park. Do we like it or do we not? That's next.
0: The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast.
1: This Saturday, the all-ACC team is at Truist Field in Charlotte for the ACC Baseball Tournament semifinals. with a post-game show after the first one at 4 Eastern. They'll have highlights, interviews with players and coaches, and the usual expert analysis you expect from ACC Network. They also preview the second semi, and then they're back after that game at 8 Eastern to break it all down and preview the championship game in Charlotte. Should be a lot of fun at Truist ACC Baseball Tournament. And what a blast it's been to kick off this week on ACC Network here on Packer and Durham. Drew Carter and Dana Boyle on the first ever show without either Packer or Durham. This was fun, Dana.
2: It was really fun. Your sign behind you gave me some inspiration and some confidence. Much needed early in the morning, but we had, we had a good time.
1: And Dana, your mug gave me a lot of confidence. Want to show it one last time before we get out of here? You're doing great. Hopefully, we did great today. Hopefully, our bosses in Bristol think we did okay, and they'll bring us back. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this Monday morning. Have a great week.
0: Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.